0: Welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where each and every week I talk to Treasury professionals about their Treasury careers. It's a slightly different one this week, did a great session uh, with Treasury 360 for their Oslo event earlier on in the year, loved it, it was really great, I had wonderful Kemi Balarin and Anthony Mercer, two amazing Treasury professionals, I'll introduce them in the episode shortly so you hear about them. What we wanted to do on the panel session that I hosted, and they were incredible guests, and you'll hear some of the learnings, if you like, they've had over this past year about, uh, the topic, if you like, was about the new ways of working. You know, embracing flexible versus 100% coming back into the office, what it means for the world of treasury as we move forward. And there are different approaches, if you like, to returning post-pandemic. We also do this, I would say, in our, You're here on our salary survey. A lot of people can take part in it. Go to treasuriesalary.com. One of the sections we ask at the end of that is, what about returning from work, working from home? You know, what are you doing, you guys out there doing now in the world of treasury? What do you want to do? What do your companies want to do? So go to treasuriesalary.com, take part there, be really good information for you guys. But as always, that's it. Let's get on with the show. So welcome to today's session. Um, want to say hello to everyone at Treasury 360 and thanks for allowing us to do this session with you guys. What we're going to focus on today is, well, post-pandemic, working from home, flexible working, what's the world going to be like from here on and what do we think about it as well? And I've got two amazing treasurers with me today. Firstly, I'd like to introduce Kemi Bilarin, a uh, lovely Kemi who I've known for many years, is now uh, recently become the Director of Treasury at GTT Telecom. I'll get her to do a short intro about what GTT are in a moment. And we've got the lovely Anthony Mercer. Uh, Worked for a number of blue chips, Treasury Consulting at the moment, but you know we've got GSK, Smiths, and most recently, STA Travel. So again, he can do a little intro there um, from his lovely, beautiful background there and another virtual background. As we all get all used to the world of virtual, um, You know, we'll go through it. But... Joking aside, uh, well, actually, we'll go go around the group first. I'll get Kemi to do a little intro, Anthony do We'll come back to me, and you know me. I run the Treasury Recruitment Company, recruit you guys globally. If you need a new job, call us. If you need to recruit, call us. There you go. That was easy. Nice sales pitch. (laughs) But joking aside, uh, Kemi, let's go to you first. Can you just explain your background briefly and go from there?
1: Yes, thank you, Mike. And yes, I've known Mike for so many, many years. He got me a job. How many years ago? About 20 odd years ago, but there you go. And um, yeah, my name is Kemi. As Mike has said, um, 25 years in the Treasury world. I love it and I still love it. Um, Recently, uh, I started with GTT Communications as Director of Treasury. Again, I wasn't expecting it, uh, the benefits of lockdown as it is. Um, so GTC Communications is a multinational telecommunications and internet service provider. Um, they're headquartered in Virginia, and um, they operate what you call the Tier 1 IP network, sort of deep sea water fibre cables. Um, they also provide transport, transport and infrastructure, data centres, internet quite essential services as we all navigate the pandemic and all working from home, remote working. We definitely need the infrastructure um, to get us going and get us connected. So that's me in a snapshot.
0: And you guys were the ones that kept us all talking. Fantastic. Thank you very definitely. much for that. Thanks for your contribution. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mercer, over to you. Just a brief background of you, if you would.
2: Oh, Pleasure to be with you all today, uh, so I like Kemi I've been like I I've been in Treasury for quite a few years now, so It's about 20 years in Treasury. Um, I started with GSK back in 1999 in their Treasury team as a Treasury dealer and worked in a number of roles with them uh, through managing different effects uh, and investments and debt portfolios for them before moving into a middle office role. And then from STA, I spent some time at Smiths Group, which was another international blue chip, as Mike mentioned, across uh, many continents, involved in oil exploration, um, uh, IT infrastructure, airplanes, lots of lots of quite exciting engineering and technical stuff. And then just latterly. Uh, Up until last summer, I was with SGA Travel for about eight years, a role that Mike got me, uh, and I was uh, a finance director with them in charge of the financial services and treasury team. So that managed a team of 80 across three locations, including a treasury team that was split across three locations. And just recently, I've, uh, I've moved into some treasury consulting work, supporting a number of uh, medium and small sized businesses to to look at their financial team structures and think about risk portfolio and risk management and working with a couple of startups, helping them doing their five-year business plans for presentation to VC and PE. Awesome. Uh, but as ever, you know, you know, talking to Mike at the moment, so hopefully there'll be something new on the horizon at well, some we'll point. Well, we'll keep
0: talking, we'll keep talking. Um, Let's think back, and you know, a lot of people are sort of trying to forget about what it was like. But uh, <laughs> last February, uh, everyone's talking about maybe flexible working. It's you know, maybe we'll do a day from home a week, and or maybe a bit of a Friday afternoon, something like that. And they're all having the chats, that's fine. And then we're, um, <laughs> you know, the worst April joke, April fools joke ever happened. And you know, two months later, everyone's working from their living rooms uh, or kitchens or bedrooms. You know, how did you each, you know, forgetting or putting to one side the businesses, because, Kemi, you were a different business then as well, but, you know, what did you see the impact of Treasury? And then what we'll do is we'll go through for the two of you, and then we'll sort of probably also come, you know, maybe combine it if it's the right time about the businesses, particularly with Anthony, he was, you know, with a travel company. So that was, you know, really hitting you guys hard as much as anything. but. You know, more just, you know, did you, how did you see this happening? How did it affect you then? And what we'll then do is about the, you know, we'll get to the end of that and then focus on the future. Because that's what people watching today will be thinking, yeah, we were there. What were your personal experiences? So, Kemi, first of all.
1: Thank you, Mike. Um, As it was, yes, completely unprecedented. Um for us, we actually broke up earlier, I think a week earlier than the whole nation did. And just within that sort of week, we were, I mean, naturally you find that treasury teams are small, right? So you've got fewer members compared to other more sizable uh, finance functions. So quite nimble to get together and have a protocol in place. Um, for us, it was about how can we replicate our sort of physical work at home, working in different areas um, remotely, so we came across, you know, we did um, set up a protocol around a daily check-in just so that we replicate that around sort of the coffee room chat. Um, we will then um, set the day's uh, priority around what we're going to do. And most importantly, I think for us, um, the four of our thoughts was around connecting, continuing that sort of human connection um, with our colleagues. I mean, it, very, very strange times. I think immediately you could tell there was a distinction between those that were techie savvy and the ones that weren't techie savvy. Um, Within the company as well, you could see the rate, for infrastructure around cables, the ones that know the HDMI cables to go for, the laptop monitors. It was just incredible. It was like a tsunami of um, of equipment. I mean, again, these are things that you don't even think about. So, again, it was the quickest person got the best of, you know, of the equipment. But then, you know, fast forward into the first week at home, it did feel strange But for most of us, particularly my personal experience, was the fact that, oh, I could save two hours of commuting to work. Um, It would usually take me about two hours to two hours fro. So for me, that was a benefit and I was excited um, about that. But as we continued into the pandemic and it looked like it wasn't going to be a month, it wasn't going to be three months, it wasn't going to be half a year, it was going to be a year, then the novelty of it started to wear out. And that was where I started to observe, you know, the sort of the blurred line between life and work. For me, it was just coming downstairs and my working hours became longer and longer. Um, what I then found out personally is the fact that I had to personally reset we had to also reset within the group, ensuring that you know, we had a sort of regular interaction with our colleagues, touching base, ensuring that they weren't did too many hours. I mean, if I logged on and found that my direct report was still on, I was immediately getting on the phone to her to say, you need to really shut it down. What are we doing? Um, I mean, for me, I, I must say that enjoyed is not the right word to use. But in a way, I think the transition was a welcome transition, a transition that enabled us actually come to the conclusion that actually you can work remotely and be efficient. You can work remotely and still and still achieve um, your goals. Um, we just have to be more organized. We had to be more structured. We had to be more disciplined um, in the way that we delivered our deliverables. Um, within the treasury team, being custodians of of business assets as well as business information, it meant that cybersecurity was very important for us. So we had a very good conversation around how what sort of protocols could we put in place to ensure that we're delivering our uh, treasury value in a safe and a secure manner. So in terms of the cybersecurity, any payments that were off cycle, payments that were not going Directly from the ERP straight to the back end of the bank. We made sure that we implemented um, uh, a protocol around approving that process. So we did a video, so it had to be a video approval. So again, it was about adapting the way we worked, leaving the traditional ways behind, ensuring that we were connected through our daily check in on a day to day basis, being aware of our sort of mental state, our emotional well being as well and ensuring that no one was overburdened with too yeah. much work no one is over zoomed you know with this sort of zoom- zoom zoomed limitations yeah
0: we're on zoom now we're over zoomed <laughs> you know I, I i felt bad i wanted to send you some gifts to say sorry we're going to do it again <laughs> so my apologies um but we've got no choice in that now i'm going to come back to the personal side of things we talked the work side you had lots of great work stuff there yeah I don't want to talk about that in a minute. I want to talk okay. about the personal side and things like yes. that. We're going to go to Anthony. So, we're going to focus there on the work side of things. And then we're going to come mm-hmm. back to Kemi because I want to talk. Yeah, we've got efficiency, but have we got collaboration? And I'll, I'll yeah. bring out a couple of examples, some of the podcasts. Anthony, if you're going to you, let's talk yep. about the work side of things. You know, again, February ticking along, da da da, boom.
2: You know, so, so, I was slightly ahead of the curve on this. I mean, mainly because we, we had a Chinese division uh, and that had pretty much ceased trading towards the end of December, middle of January. Um, things had been slightly ahead of pace in China. And it meant that we'd already started to see mm. movement across cities slow down. A lot of travel within China at that point in time was very within China and China to other parts of Asia. And already we'd seen Chinese activity come back a wee bit. But also, I was I was quite fortunate in that uh, SEO Travel, where I worked at the time, the role I had uh, baked into my contract was uh, split location. So I spent two days a week at home and three days a week in the office, and I also spent one to two weeks uh, on the road each month. So you know, at our at our shared service center in Romania or at our shared service center in Manchester. So there was a lot of moving around anyway, and because of that, was fortunate in that I had a lot of equipment at home. But was also used to. Working on the fly. Again, I was very fortunate that I I drove into the office in central London every day and parked in central London. And that hour commute that I had each day, like yourself, Kemi, that was when I ran those scrums anyway. So every morning, it was two or three calls in the car with the different teams around the world, even before the pandemic hit. But then once the pandemic hit, the focus completely changed. Treasury always has, I think, a, a really important position to play in any company. And there's a prominence and import to being a treasurer and being able to communicate risk clearly to all the stakeholders within a business. At this point in time, as things really settled end of February into March and we started to move all the teams remotely, uh, there was a lot of challenges, exactly as you said, around moving people to that remote working, getting mm-hmm. them to have their equipment at home, particularly yep. teams who didn't have laptops. You don't know mm-hmm. how many courier services I arranged across March to move <laughs> seats, desks, <Yes. laughs> you know, stacks, you know, you know, you know, desktops all out to people's homes and make sure everybody had a headset. You know, which yep. is a strange thing to say, but a lot of our teams weren't on the phone very often, so it was you know, getting them headsets and all that kind of stuff as well. But it was also, you know, for, for us, you know, you know, STA travel had a lot of young people. So I think the average age of our workers was mid 20s and and a lot of those people lived at home with their parents. So, you know, it was then a case of how do you get somebody to work safely from home? It's not mm-hmm. just getting them to work from home, but getting yeah. to a place where they can work safely from home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to, to to a lot of what you talked about. Collaboration was really important, and you know, we, you know we had teams and we had other bits and pieces that we used for that already. But um, a really important thing that happened very quickly around that February-March time was bringing together what we called a war room, a war room of key stakeholders within the business. And I think that the entire business used the phrase cash burn more often than any other phrase over that whole pandemic. You would have thought COVID would be the most common phrase, but actually cash burn was. And as as a, as a as a as a war room group as an executive team, we had to really focus on what are we spending every penny on and why are we spending it on that? And is there any way for us to avoid spending spending that money? Because really, like every other company, you know, particularly in the hospitality section, we were no longer selling. So all we had was expense. We we had nothing coming in the door anymore. And actually we had the double whammy of you're spending on shops and people who can't do what they're there to do. But also you've got to refund all your customers or you've got to refund as many customers as you can. So you know you know the, the cash burn was was quite intense uh, for, for pretty much the first three to four months and then and then things changed. and you know unfortunately STH travel was a business that didn't qualify for much of the government support loans. We were lucky enough to qualify for for furlough in many countries, but there was no government support loans that we could access. So as an executive team again looking at our investor base, going to them and talking to them about you know, again, that that phrase "cash burn." This is the risk. This is what's impacting the business. This is what we're going to need from you to fund us for the next twelve to eighteen months. And you know, as somebody who's been steeped in travel, as as Mike said for the last eight years, you know, most countries are not going to open their borders to international travel until June or July of twenty twenty two. So that's a that's a long time for that industry to wait for some recovery. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, this focus a little bit more on the relationships then and then perhaps internal just to qualify as well you know as a recruitment business here i've just been making some notes you know we're all about our relationships and they didn't get put on hold but the fact was you know i love seeing you both for coffee or a drink and a catch up about your careers and everything else and for us as a business it got paused you know literally the pause button it's like well we're not going to recruit for march april may Mm -hmm. nobody's going to move jobs in a pandemic why would you there was a little bit of operational stuff, but, you know, we got through it. We had some very good international clients, but that was the external bit of the business, you know, where we're talking to people about recruitment per se. And, yeah. you know, again, I'm not going to make it a sales pitch. What, what I did find is certainly in my head, I had to get around new ways of working. My colleague Carly, she now is based, certainly for the time being, still working from home. And mm-hmm. actually, just as Anthony, we had everything in place. You know, so we we Skype, we Zoom, we do whatever we have to. Um, but actually, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing her for a coffee and actually a mm-hmm. bit of face-to-face and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but one thing I noticed here, and I just scribbled it down here, is who was looking after you guys? Uh, obviously, you were looking after your teams, you know, and looking after them. And, Kemi, you mentioned about, you know, getting together and connecting. How were their personal lives and things? Mm-hmm you know without prying too much were your cfos asking you the same you know were they asking you know how are you getting on and things like that and in a minute i'll change the order because i don't feel it's fair to always pick on kemi actually let's keep doing but no um kemi you know were how were you getting through that you know was there mindfulness was there other stuff you know how were you and you know how did it work for you
1: um, it was very pretty much so. I mean, we had um, a situation where our CFO was a very people well, very people led person. Um, would i mean that would be the first question you know for any of the zoom teams meeting that we had is how are you guys holding up i mean the good thing about this sort of the zoom the the, the team meetings is the fact that you get to see people as people they starts to see the cats you know walk across the laptop the the kids that come to perch on mommy's legs or or daddy's legs what have you you know somebody the partner making coffee you know behind the camera somewhere so there was a lot of i think that was one bait that god had highlighted for me in as much as yes we take for granted the sort of um impromptu tea room conversation that was quickly replicated within our team meetings I I think I'm lucky enough to say that I worked for very good caring group of people whereby the meetings were actually the start of for any meeting is how you guys holding up are you guys bearing well? You know what? What's what's your you know what's your situation like? Particularly for people that were living alone, because you could see that almost immediately because you have that sense of isolation. Sometimes you have that sense of being disconnected. For me personally. I felt like I, I was looked after by my leaders in that they would always ask that question and it was genuine. It wasn't a tick box exercise. It would be, Kevin, how are you holding on? I mean, they will soon hear me talk to my daughter across the wall anyway, you know, and say, oh, okay, yeah, can we heard that. a yeah, minute. Get off the internet. <laughs> exactly. How is the study going? Yes, that was a, that was a very good discussion as well. How is the study going on? So, and as that was happening to me, I was able to pass that down to my team as well is about being emotionally aware, is about you connecting. know connecting with the people's well-being and their mental state. Very, very important. Yeah. And that was key for us at TravelPort.
0: And I'm going to look towards the future as well in a second, but and would we'll double ask you the question, Auntie. So come on, it's time to get your own back because Kemi's had all of them. So, <laughs> you know, again, you were talking about then talking to all of your teams in each of the locations and things. Did you you know, prior to this, it was all about, you know, the practical treasury business, business of treasury. But, you know, was that, I know, you know, we are friends and stuff and, you know, so you've got a very, you know, warm personality, you know, and you're going out there and, you know, talking to those guys. Did that change though even more that you had to become more of a friend to your teams or, you know, how did you, you know, guys cope? I think it's
2: a really good question. You know, um I mean, people management is one of the hardest skills to learn, and getting that balance right between um, being a manager or a leader and being uh, a colleague or a friend is is a is a, is a is a difficult thing. I, I I think it's one of the hardest skills we all have to work at, and we all have to keep working at. During 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 those um, during that, that initial spring and early summer, when things were really tight here in the UK, in particular with the lockdowns in the UK and everyone having to work remotely, and also having to make hard decisions about who you kept in the team and who you put on furlough, and then trying to explain to those teams why you'd made those decisions. They, they were some of the hardest times I think I've had in my career so far, and particularly to the point where in some countries where we couldn't qualify for that support, actually having to have conversations with people in the middle of a pandemic that you're letting them go. These were difficult times. And these were some really hard conversations. But as as much as you cared, or as much as I could, or as much as I can, I've always tried to keep a respectful distance as well as as well as being a leader. And I try not to be too much of a friend to the people mm-hmm. who who work in the teams I work in, because you always have to have a, a little bit of distance. Yeah. But what I think I learned during the pandemic was, you do have to take a little bit more interest in people. You know, we, we had a really good focus in the teams at the time around, you know, to, to, to Kemi's point around mental health and particularly around people who were in slightly more difficult situations working remotely. You know, I mean, I have a, I have three young children and, and a fantastic wife, and you know, she took the vast line of the work that was done when they were having to be taught from home. And I'm, and I'm incredibly lucky that I was in that position, but I was also incredibly conscious not everybody I worked with and everybody who worked for me was as fortunate as me at that time. And because of that, you had to learn to adapt to those individual circumstances, but it did stretch the deck. It really did stretch the day. So, you know, when you were having those contact points and, um, and, and starting to talk each day about what are our priorities, what do we need to focus on, what data do we need to produce or which financial partners do we need to talk to, you had to work out how you piece the day around those other pressures that people had. And you had to bend a little. Because if we didn't bend a little, we were all going to break. Yeah, and I, I think that was one of the tough parts of of working during of during the pandemic, actually.
0: And I'm going to I move on in a minute, or well, a short while before we reach the end of today's session to, you know, as the future and what it looks like, and this you know new way of working, new blended, hybrid, whatever way you want to call it. But before we do that, I'm just going to come back to something for both of you. And I'll ask Anthony first, and then, you know, Kemi can copy some of your answers. That's fine. You carry <laughs> on. It's always good. Um, that blurring line of homeworking uh, and, you know, I know that one of my friends, was is a treasurer, Andy, he, he basically went out, forced himself to go out for a lunch walk. Him, the dog, his wife, every lunchtime. That was it. And he switched off his phone. Well, he left his phone at home. You just said, just know, you know, and he and he got used to that and had to do that. And this blurred home life, you know, I've got some of the notes here, you know, I did it on an ACT panel, the commute from, you know, previously getting on the train, you would had an hour, you know, traveling, got your head into the workspace and then an hour back and you were, yeah, you might be on the train, you might be driving, but, you know, you might be then reading a book, you might be Netflix, you might be doing whatever. Suddenly it stopped, you know, you had this you know, eight o'clock, switch on your piece. Oh, I see. It's got to go on, on the this. Yeah. And suddenly eight o'clock, switching it off. Now, how did you, you know, what, did you find that difficult with that blurred line maybe? Or was it a distinct line over time or... You know, Anthony, going to you first, and then we'll come to uh, yourself, Kemi.
2: In the last, I'd say, 15 years, I've I've been lucky and also <laughs> I've been lucky to work in roles that, that meant that you're managing financial relationships in Asia, in Europe, yep. and in North America at the same time. So I think most people in Treasury, in international businesses, will be used to having some flexibility about how they work, whether that's up at four thirty in the morning to talk about to a bank in Auckland, or or up at ten in the evening to talk about to a bank in LA, you know, it's it's you've got to manage those things around you. And I think because of that, a lot of treasurers have that skill already. Yep. But I did find that because as a family unit, everybody's in the house at the same time, you had to be a bit more flexible with that. And a lot of the partners we worked with were actually uh, fortunate to to support us in that flexibility, and I think. You, you had to try and drive as much structure as you could into your day. That's how I found I had to work anyway. So I benefited immensely from being able to have breakfast and lunch and dinner with the whole family during lockdown, which is something I don't think I would ever have had if we hadn't gone through this. And I, and I, and I do count myself lucky for being able to have that experience. But at the same time, there was definitely stress points where, <laughs> where, you know, we were, You know, we were out there trying to drum up cash to support the business or or trying to renegotiate a facility that we had and trying to do all that kind of work remotely and get all the team engaged and all the team working to the same end game at the same point in time was incredibly difficult. And I think... You know, you know I, I don't mind saying Mike, and Mike knows this. You know, Estee Travel, unfortunately, did not survive the pandemic. Uh, and as a bi- and as directors of the business, we had to make a decision in August last year of closing that business down and moving it into liquidation. And it was an incredibly hard thing to do with all the passion and energy and support that everyone had poured into it. But it was also the right decision to make. And, and I think that's, that's stuff that has gone on during this pandemic that I will never learn again as much as I've learned during this time. And it's, it's looking for the positives in this as much as all those hard things we all went through.
0: Kemi, over to you. Follow Agreed. that. Brilliant. Yes. Good word. Sorry, that makes a nice change. you stunned <laughs> me into silence for a change. <laughs> Mr. Mercer, bloody hell. <laughs> oh, you yes. he were so intelligent. Jesus. Kemi, <laughs> wow, come, mean, oh, come on, follow. Good luck. <laughs>
1: yes, it's it's everything. Yeah, I'll just say that. Everything an that Anthony said, plus, you know, more. I mean, in terms of, yes i mean the novelty of working from home it took me about two weeks to then suddenly realize that oh yeah i needed to put structure in place and that was really needed because the first two weeks we were busy trying to replicate our work life you know making sure that we had everything going also my mindset was a mindset of visibility i wanted my leaders to feel like oh yeah i was there i was present. But then by the end of two weeks, I needed to change that round because I just needed that structure. I knew something was missing. getting Getting up in the morning, driving to work, coming back was a bit of structure. And I needed to replicate that. So then what did I do was clear created very clear space um, around work created very clear space around life and also I took on walking as well so I would as soon as it's 5 pm if there's nothing to do if there's nothing urgent to do I would go out for a very long walk and that brought sanity back and it's the same thing um, with my family. For kids, I had two, I've got two kids, you know, 16 and 18. And again, it was, um, you know, a a different way of working for them, also ensuring that they had a safe space um, for their homeschooling. So it was pretty much adapting to new ways of working, making sure that the mindset is nourished making sure that the mental well-being is nurtured, staying organized, staying in control. So I took on all kinds. I mean, I I think I said, um, Mike, in one of my um, other sort of talking engagements where I mentioned that I took on um, minimum 30 minutes of topping up on my skills using LinkedIn learning. Again, I wouldn't have done that in sort of the hustle and bustle of driving to work and coming back. So very good experience, although it took a while to get used to it. But I must say that um, it's it's, it's given me a very, very good um, family time, you know, being able to have dinner together, as Anthony has said, being able to even prepare our meals, you know, think about the meals and make it a worthy worthy, um, experience for the family at the end of each day.
0: Yeah. Now, as we come towards the end of today's session and what I'll do, we will put your details in the show notes. So we've got a couple more questions and things. Um, and again, we'll come to Anthony first on this one. But uh, what I want to do is you know, look at coming out of the pandemic and now what the new world is going to look like and the new world of work. So I'll ask that to both of you. And then, you know, we'll just wrap up with your, you know, perhaps couple of final tips, you know, so you can sort of think about those, maybe reflect on, you know, for people watching today, what they should think about as they come out mm-hmm. of it. Before I do that with you, Anthony, and about this sort of, I want to focus then on sort of, you know, uh, we had on some of the notes actually about you know the world of treasury, where does it go to and stuff. I'm less bothered about that really. Yeah. You know, everyone's here is you know is, is treasury professionals watching today potentially. Yeah. Uh, but it's more about work life. You know, yeah. and, you know, you know, or work. You know, the future of work, not life so much. You know how it fits in. But we were just talking before this session today that I've got a future podcast coming up with a guest. He's a treasurer. I spoke to him, know him very well. And he thinks that, you know, it'd be a great podcast because he thinks that this working from home, flexible working is a fallacy. You know, his thoughts are we're going to return to, you know, at some stage, you know, renegotiation of rents. But, you know, have offices again. Everyone's going to be commuting every day. I don't potentially agree with that wholeheartedly. I think there was a mixed way and things have Evolved, and we talked about that as a group before. So reflecting, maybe back on that, or back to you, Anthony, what would you say you see it as going
2: from here? I think instinctively, I think it's going to be a blend. I think certain institutions are already saying quite vocally in the market that they want their teams back in the office, and they they don't. They they don't want to support remote working. And I can see benefits of that. I can also see, you know, some weaknesses to that in that, you know, it might be that they're less attractive to certain types of of, uh, of future employees. And I just, I mean, my personal view is, is that businesses need to evolve with the workforce. And, and part of that workforce need is going to be a want to focus a little bit on, on work-life balance. I think we'd already seen that pre-pandemic. I think when you talk to a lot of millennials and Gen Z, you know, there's a lot of what they're looking for in terms of reward, in terms of recuperation and, and, and the whole package and how they want to live their lives is very different to how I wanted them to live my life when I was 22, 23 straight out of uni. Um, and I think we just need to acknowledge that. And I think part of that as leaders in any industry is going to be listening to your workforce and getting the balance right between the direction you want to take your business in and how you want to optimize the workforce to facilitate that. And that all sounds a little bit jingoistic and a little bit, you know, business bollocks want a better phrase. But I do think we have to take our time and think about what we want. I personally think it'll be a blend. You know, all the, all the teams that I'm talking to at the moment in different, in different places, they are seeing this as an opportunity to cut one of their biggest costs. You know, rent and overheads is a massive cost. And people are, you know, one one project I've recently worked on with somebody was around remuneration and how they slightly adjust people's salaries to allow for more remote working and adjusting it so that they're not paying themselves for mobile phone bills or for internet, but there's a slight uptick in people's salaries so that it covers those costs and the trade-off for that business is it will be able to potentially exit Three, three office locations in major UK cities and potentially relocate to one uh, West Country location instead as a more flexible working space. Now, you know, that's going to give significant savings on people's balance sheet. And there's a lot of complexity around IFRS 16 and lease accounting now anyway. So if you can simplify all that anyway, it, you know, it, there's, there's lots of soft benefits that come through as well as making savings on that space. But, but personally, I, I don't think, the profile of cities is going to change massively. It will shift. But um I, I think it's going to be a blended approach going forwards. Well at least that's my view. Again, Kemi, before
0: we wrap up today and we do the sort of I've got a couple of other bits, but I'm going to come to you. What what are your thoughts?
1: I mean same as Anthony has said, you know, it will have it will be a hybrid. And I think the workforce will probably shape what then becomes the future um, of of the workspace already, you know, in a recently reported newspaper, um, they're talking about FTSE 100 companies, looking at flexible work plans. I mean, it goes without saying that the pandemic has changed our mindset. It's actually shown businesses that it can be done. During the pandemic, we had, in my company, we had two major finances and we did all the sort of credit agreement negotiation over Zoom and and Microsoft Teams, Pre-pandemic, it probably would, wouldn't have been thought of. So the issue is just giving um, employees that opportunity to choose and you know, opportunity to shape their work, work life um, the way they deem you know, suitable. I mean, yes, for me, I would embrace flexibility. Um, probably it's going to be three days working in the office and then two days working from home. Again, the key word here is is Flexibility. For a lot of the companies looking to shed office space as well, I think that's where the challenge will be. Because if we're saying it's flexible and that we're giving employees the opportunity to choose, then it becomes unstructured. So it would be quite a challenge to determine how much office space um, is redundant. And actually be let go and then give you back some money um, onto onto your balance sheet so again it's about the flexibility it's about um you know giving us the opportunity to choose there will be a very good mix there and i think um ultimately the quest the quest for well-being and um sort of the the mental wellness will probably drive us back more into the office space because you just welcome that sort of social and human interaction with colleagues away from your sort of family life. But that's my that's also my own personal opinion. There's, there's one interesting thing you said there, Amy, for me, which which I think is actually quite important. You know,
2: you, you did two successful funding rounds during the pandemic. And yeah. so much of a treasurer's work is maintaining not only internal, but those external relationships as well. Yes. And it's, it, for me, it was surprising how quickly we all adapted to managing those external relationships and I really can't wait as Mike said earlier Mm -hmm. to that point when I sit down with my banker and have a cup of coffee or even have a lovely lunch somewhere Mm -hmm. we're all missing nice lunches Mm -hmm. somewhere but um, but but I I do think there's a lot of success to be looked at during this and and you can't in, in any industry you can never look at something that you manage to adapt and make a success of and just say well now that the clock's gone back 18 months let's forget all that You've got to take those learnings forwards. And I I agree with everything you've just said. I think we're going to take those learnings forwards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's also interesting for me. We do a lot, you know, and our US business is growing rapidly. And actually, you know, I'm just about to recruit a role that's 100% remote based on the East Coast. You know, just been doing some work on it today. and, And it's an interesting, you know, role there. And the person, you know, won't, will never have a fixed office. But then, you know, when with some of my West Coast clients, I've spoken to them and they're saying, yeah, it's great. We can do remote and everything else. And we save on these offices, particularly in the Silicon Valley, you know, which are extortionally expensive and and things like that. Exactly there. The the thing about that is, is how much does that go into the the coffers of the company per se? And how much are you going to pay to your stuff? Because they're going, well, actually, before we were having to pay $200,000 for this person. Now, if they're working for remote, remotely nearby us, uh, you know, maybe you know it's you know at, at another location, you know, it's over in Utah or something low, much lower cost base. Well, it's all right. We can get that two hundred thousand dollar person for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They can work remotely. We make the saving. Well, hang on, shouldn't you up the price? You know, and maybe meet in the middle, one seven five. I'm just giving those as example numbers. But I think there is a sort of a pushback from both sides. Well, hang on, I'm still worth that 200. Yeah, I was spending half my, my salary on cost of living. So I think that's a, it's less so perhaps in the UK and Europe, but, but I think there is yeah. a, you know, there's that, and there's, there's more to go with that. Now Ooh. I'm going to go Kemi and then Anthony on this. So, you know, I'd like your closing pieces of advice if I could, because it's been a brilliant session. I love the advice there. Um you know, what would you say, just like I do on my uh, podcast, we will put on the your LinkedIn profile on the show notes so people can look at your backgrounds and things like that. But in this case, as people are looking at this new way, this new blended way of working, we've talked about that. We've got some great advice, Samantha, but some of his international teams and Kemi, you were talking about, you know, really supportive CFOs and everything else. But what advice would you, each of you give to the treasury professionals looking today if they're, you know, junior guys and you know trying to balance their lives or if they're senior treasury professionals and managing their teams you've been both and seen both uh, from the front line you know, what sort of you know nuggets of advice would you give to those guys kemi first of all
1: thank you i mean for me it's been in the moment uh it's actually understanding what is life asking of you what is your work asking of you as somebody said in one of your podcasts um mike you know work should actually give you energy and not drain your energy. I mean, working remotely sometimes can be draining as some people think it's comforting, but we just need to be present in the moment, understand what are the positives from actually remote working what is the positive of social and human interaction I think the pandemic has actually highlighted the importance of coming out to have that coffee with you Mike rather than roll the eyes and say oh my god you know I don't have time sorry no I've
0: had enough coffees this this pandemic all right yeah Yeah, anyway sorry sorry to interrupt but yeah a glass of wine or beer no (laughs) social social time I love you know I often make the joke with treasurers, you know, you guys are the first to the bar and most yes. the last to leave it, which is my kind of people. Um, but it's a collaborative, it's you know, a social it's
1: collaborative, yeah, yes. Like it's it. social and you begin to add value to it now because we've all missed it in the last one year. And it's mainly because you know that was taken away from us. So it's been in the moment, actually appreciate it, appreciate where we are at the moment, understand you know, what is your work life, what is your um after work life it is interrelated it is interconnected you can't draw a line in the sand but i think it's just understanding the importance of each experience in our lives owning understanding and appreciating the benefit of it
0: anthony follow that mate good luck
2: yeah i know (laughs) i think the only thing i'd I'd add to what cammy said is you know we've all learned during the pandemic the importance of communication and communication tools and the one communication tool we, we should all have in our careers both upwards and downwards is is that one-to-one is that relationship you have with your immediate superior and other other people and the teams who work for you and one-to-one is is a bi-directional conversation it's not just you talking all the time which is hard for me to say as I talk far too much <laughs> but you know we've got to we've got to empower ourselves and we've got to empower the people who work for us to be honest with us. So, you know, what I learned during this exercise was to stop and listen to the issues that they're facing at home or they're facing in the office or they're facing in what they're doing and trying to understand how I can manage that. And sometimes through that two-way conversation, you realize it's not going to work. And then together you have to work out how you move things apart and you potentially move somebody on or, or somebody chooses to go. But you've got to have that conversation and the conversation has got to be bi-directional it can't just always be you the one talking either up or down it's got to go both ways so be honest be open um and and be clear on what you're looking for and where your pinch points are and where your stresses are because if they don't know it if it all blows up it doesn't look good for anybody so, so you've got to manage your career and manage your relationships as much yeah. as you manage the people around you
0: As I do, I summarise a lot on the podcast. That's treasurycareercorner.com. Go there. These guys will be on there soon. They don't know it yet, but they will. (laughs) Um, But that podcast that was referred to as, I think, the thing of the one was Wade Olson. Uh, Did a few about 148, 149. Amazing guy. My first and only ever two-part podcast, but it was definitely worthwhile about. It was brilliant. Yeah, he's just an incredible guy. Um, But I'm just going to go through the quick lit checklist here. So guys out there, you know, using Kemi, being present in the moment, positivity, keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, then owning the moment as well, loving that piece of advice. We'll probably do this in the show notes. Uh, then across to Anthony, then about communication and tools and, you know, the need one-to-one, openness, empowerment of those guys and it being two directional. So going to them, not just you telling them, but then it coming back and taking that on board. And my favorite, I've got to say, and I would say this, and I think actually I speak for both Anthony and I as well, Kimmy, Yeah, that's social, social loads. Yeah, yes. after work socializing, it's all about that. It's like a saying some raw we're in 20. So, um, well, as always, I can't wait to see you both for a glass of wine, beer, the old yeah. coffee, whatever. Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> coffee. Yeah, anyway, it's been amazing. Thank you both. Um, and Thank can't you. wait to see you. And I uh, hope guys at Treasury 360, you've enjoyed this today. Two amazing guests, amazing value, and thank you very much.
2: Thank you. you, It's been
0: a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks. Hello, it's Mike here again. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. If you did, then maybe you want to follow the show or subscribe, depending on where you listen, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or another great place to listen to the show from. It's totally free and means that you'll be the first to see each and every week when we release a new show. And maybe whilst you're there, you could even leave a quick review. Reviews and ratings are among the most important metrics for a podcast to effectively rank. And as you can probably appreciate, the podcast is a lot of hard work to produce every week. It'd be amazing. Just take, say, 20 seconds, leave a quick review of my amazing guests and their great career stories. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks very much, and I can't wait to see you soon.